0: beautiful gift, a wonderful gift, and actually beautiful gifts, literally. Barry and Megan um, are coming to us today in addition to their children, Micah, Blake, Gavin, and Grace, a beautiful family as a gift to this congregation. In addition to having them here today, we also have the privilege of having my boss, my overseer, and the district supervisor of the Southwest District of Four Square Churches, Mrs. Kimberly Dearman. Would you guys welcome her as she comes to share?
1: Good morning. It rained just for us today. This is good. Well, it is a joy to be here. I, I, one of my favorite things to do is to get to travel and see new pastors being installed because I know that it's the beginning of a new season. And God has a call on you as a church. You've been around for a long time, this church has. And there is a community that still needs Jesus. There are thousands of people around you that don't know him yet. And you were strategically place in this location so that people's lives would be eternally changed so your assignment isn't decreasing if anything it's increasing and ephesians chapter 4 it says that god gave gifts to men and he appointed some to be apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists and the purpose of them is to build you up to equip you so that you're part of the kingdom building that is taking place So one of my prayers over you as a church is that none of you come to sit. The three of you said, yeah. The rest of you are like, come on, I just came to, just just leave me alone now. You know, I learned the greatest joy in life is participating in kingdom stuff. And you are all individually gifted to contribute to seeing people's lives change. So as we install new pastors today, It's not an invitation for you to settle in. It's actually an invitation for you to also open up your heart and say, Lord, in this new season, what do you want me to do? Because your part is very, very important. Not only your pastors, not only your leaders, your part is very important. Imagine if everyone would step into the call of God. If every one of you said, Lord, you can count on me, what would this community look like six months from now or a year from now? You underestimate what God wants to do through you. So we're installing pastors, but I'm charging you as a congregation as well to step into your call and embrace, grab hands, lock arms, and say we're in this, and we're going to see lives change. As you're receiving pastors today, I also want to charge you as a congregation to love and to pray for your pastors. It's important. You know our society is trained to criticize. Our society naturally says us and them, but aren't you glad we're not? of this world we come from a different kingdom that strives for unity that says hey we don't all feel alike. we have different giftings we have different ways but because there's such a greater purpose we come together and we don't criticize we bless we don't criticize we actually pray for and then we say lord your kingdom come your will be done so as you receive pastors they are different from your previous pastor's because your previous pastor served for a season and accomplished what they needed to. These pastors are here for a new season. So just like in, in, in any relationship, you, you don't want to compare. Because these are new gifts. And so you, I pray that you receive them. And that you pray for them. And that you join them. Not just the two adults, but for their children also. Do you know that you can be an incredible blessing to their children? Your love, your acceptance, your blessing over them is so important. We've seen congregations sometimes bring great pain to children. And I charge you to be a blessing to these children because God brought them here so that he could shape them into their calling as well. I love that God's not adult-centered. Sometimes we think it's all about as adults, and he's like, oh, no, I've got all of you in mind And what I'm working with mom and dad, strategic for you and for whatever he's designed for your life. So this is a good day. And you are charged with blessing and everything that God has assigned you to do, he's already made provision to do. To Barry and Megan, I'm so excited for you. I've gotten to know you through these last few years at camps. We've had a lot of fun at camps, sitting in the green room, laughing, talking, dreaming looking back at what God has done in your lives, and he strategically has been preparing you for this. Thank you for the humility, your willingness to serve the kingdom, regardless of what it is. Thank you for not allowing things that could stop people and deter them to stop you. Instead, it's built you into stronger leaders and true shepherds that understand the heart, not just a vision for his community, but the heart of those that God has entrusted you with. And shepherding is something that is a big deal before God. It's not something light. Jesus is the, the shepherd, the great shepherd. And you are come in as an under shepherd to represent his heart, to represent his mind, and to love them like Christ has loved them. And so your charge is big, but who's backing you is bigger. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself is cheering in heaven, saying, All right. Muleks, let's do this thing. I've got a church to build, and the gates of hail cannot prevail against it. And he has given you the very spirit of God himself. The same spirit that was upon Jesus is upon you. Not a junior, not Holy Spirit junior, not a less than, the same Holy Spirit. So when you come in here, you come in with the force of heaven behind you. So therefore, when you need wisdom, you have wisdom because you ask. Whatever resource you need, whether laborers, finances, favor, whatever you need because he's backing you, you've got. So come in with confidence and with boldness and with patience and with grace and all that combination because these are the most incredible days that our earth has seen. I am convinced in God strategically placing all as he needs them for a great move of God. So I'm excited for you. I want to thank Kelly Fellows is a blessing to the Southwest District. He said you're part of a couple hundred churches, and uh, you already know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so grateful to this man of God because he is a blessing to so many churches. So thank you for the way you have walked through this transition. I also want to thank the council and all of the leaders that have been a part. Transitions are not easy. Even though we're excited about the future, there is a a loss. And it's okay for you to feel a loss. While you're feeling a loss and you're feeling a gain. It's like when you get married. You feel the loss of being single and having all, right? And yet you wouldn't trade it because you want that relationship. And so thank you. You have phenomenal leaders here represented in this church that have walked with tremendous grace and with wisdom and really have played the role that they were asked to play as council and as leaders. So you're in a safe place, and I want to thank all of you. Now, one last thing. Um, my, my title is sounds awful, doesn't it? Supervisor. Don't I sound mean? So, in part of combating that mean, awful name, I come with gifts. So Yoli, would you help me? I have, we have some gifts for, first of all, for you all, as you join the adventure. So let's give these these green out. See those good-looking young men? To Micah, to Gavin, and to Blake, you get those green bags. Grace, you get the little bigger bag. That's because you're a girl, not the biggest, the bigger. (laughs) That's because you're a girl, and we girls tend to need a little more, right? (laughs) And then to Barry and Megan, this is something that hopefully will continue to speak to you as you take on. So as as, uh, Kelly leads us, we will close in a time of prayer. And uh, I am privileged to be here and to celebrate this day with you and with you.
0: Thank you, Pastor Kimberly. Can we tell her how much we appreciate her? You are far from scary. You're my friend, and I enjoy serving with you, Kimberly. (laughs) Well, some of you here are guests for the first time, and uh, you came because you heard some news. Maybe you were invited here to say, what's going to happen at this church? Because when you watch the news, oftentimes all we hear in the media is the bad stuff that's going on in churches, right? The scuttlebutt, the gossip, the pastor has had an affair, the pastor has done this, the council has done this, the board has done that. We never get to really hear in the media the good stuff that God is doing in churches. And so some of you may even came here today and go, I want to find out what's really going on. That's what I want to do. Well, you get to see today and get to participate in an ordained institution and and and. A situation that was established by Jesus Christ himself thousands of years ago. The installation of a pastor to shepherd a congregation. The name pastor, the term, the title pastor literally is defined as shepherd. Some of you may or may not know that. It means to shepherd. And what that means is our congregations are typically like a lot of sheep. For the good and the bad of all of that. There's a definition of a good shepherd that we see in Scripture, and some of you have heard this passage of Scripture read at funerals. But I want to encourage you, that Scripture was not necessarily written for the end of life. It was actually written for a time to understand how good God is. Listen to Psalm chapter 23. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It really was a passage written by David to acknowledge God's provision, God's power, and God's presence in our lives. And he uses the wonderful illustration of a shepherd. Later on, Jesus himself, the great shepherd, would arrive here on earth. And he would do exactly that while he was here on earth. He would lead. He would guide, he would feed, and he even promised when he was getting ready to ascend, he said, don't worry, you won't be alone. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. But since he has stepped away to prepare a place for us, he gave charge to his followers to be under shepherds, to take the role of shepherd and to express it here on earth for all of us. He commissions individuals with the responsibility to be those under shepherds. In John chapter 21, Pastor Jesus charged his disciple Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, well, yes, you know I do. He said, then feed and care for my sheep. I love that Jesus Christ, God in flesh, didn't acknowledge us even as his creation and him as the creator. Him as king and we as his subjects. He said, feed my sheep. Like the shepherd in the, in the book of Psalm, he acknowledged himself as a shepherd and that we are his sheep. And he gives the work of reconciliation to faithful people who would proclaim the gospel. That's our role as shepherds. Reconciliation. Mark chapter 28, Jesus charged all those who call him Lord with these words. He said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name, teaching them to obey all that I command. This is what we do as a a shepherd and what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. And it's not a responsibility to take lightly. In a few minutes, we're going to anoint and pray over our pastors. I'm going to invite leadership from the church, the church council, those who have served in leadership capacity, to lay hands on and pray for this next season for Barry and Megan and the family. But before I do that, I have a charge. I have a charge to our pastors. And then I have a charge to you as a congregation. The Apostle Paul charged a young preacher by the name of Timothy with these words inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, I charge you today. Here's what Paul said. I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. This is the charge. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not patiently correct rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching they will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear they will reject the truth and chase after myths but you should keep a clear mind in every situation Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. This is how Paul challenged and charged that young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. In addition, he goes on to exhort the leadership in Colossae with these words, From Colossians chapter 1, he says, We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. This is a charge directly from Scripture. Receive it live it out. Now, congregation, as Pastor Kimberly said, you're not alone in this. This really is not a spectator sport. I know here in the United States, we embrace spectator sports. We build million, billion-dollar stadiums that can house tens of thousands of people to watch 11 or 22 men pound each other on a field, tossing a ball back and forth. 80,000 people watching 11 or 22 people play the game. See, we like to be spectators in the United States. You know why? Well, it's clean, it's comfortable, it's convenient. That's not what we're called to. And really, that's not where the fun is. I mean, the action is on the field. It's fun on the field, the smell of the grass. I'm making a, a football reference for those of you who are not sports people. <laughs> My wife tends to say, Yeah, do the thing with the ball. Yay. She's not a sports person. The, f- the, the, the fun, the thrill is on the field. As exciting as it is for a fan to cheer on a touchdown or a goal or a home run, it's more exciting for the players. It's more thrilling for the players because the players aren't just spectators, they're participators. You want a real thrill? You want to know what it means to live? Participate in the work of God. Don't just be a spectator. Be a participator. And so as a a participator, I have a charge to you, congregation. Scripture is full of charges, and let me charge you with this. The congregation has a responsibility too. They are gifts, as Pastor Kimberly, Kimberly has referred they're not to be treated like a five-year-old treats a Christmas gift on Christmas morning. Have any of you seen a five-year-old with a Christmas gift? You know, it's bang, 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 throwing it around. And about in the afternoon when you're starting to eat, they've moved on to a new toy. They've either broken that one or they've gotten bored with it and they've moved on to the next one. How many parents you know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's kind of the five-year-old's mode. Instead, Our pastors should be cared for much in the same way that a bride cherishes her new wedding ring. Look at a bride with her new wedding ring. What does she tend to do? Hi, how are you? Oh, this? Oh! You noticed. She cares for it. She cleans it. If one little diamond chip falls out, oh, she goes and she pays the money, no matter what it is, to make sure that it's taken care of. She cares for that ring. In the same way, we have a responsibility to care for our pastors. Cherish them, be proud of them. Look for opportunities. Tell us, have you met our pastors? Oh, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. You've got to come, check it out. If something goes awry or something goes amiss, you do whatever you can to help to restore it and bring it, bring it back to its beauty. That's our charge. Let me read to you from Scripture your responsibilities. From 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says this. Let elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Hear what scripture says? It says those who rule well, those elders, those pastors are, 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 should be counted with double honor. You know how we honor somebody when we stand up and they, and we say, oh, here, let me, let me let you go first. The elders, the pastors of the church are, are counted to be with double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine Verse 18 says, For Scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. You see, there's a responsibility that the congregation would ensure that those who teach the word, who labor amongst you over scripture, should be well cared for. Let me read to you what he challenges those. In the Church of Thessalonica, in Thessalonians, it says 1 Thessalonians chapter five, five says, I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them. Here you go, very highly in love, for their work's sake, be at peace among you. We have no problem honoring those who take care of us, right? If somebody cares for your car, you know, you're, you're willing to say, oh, yeah, I'll pay whatever it takes to make sure that my car is running so I can get to work. If somebody comes and does repairs in your home, if you're a plumber in here, you're making a good wage because people need to flush their toilets, right? We, we get upset when our toilets don't work here in the United States. It's important for us to have running toilets. I worked on a toilet yesterday, so I know I'm very sensitive to toilets right now. <laughs> Three trips to Home Depot, and it's working. But I can tell you, halfway through, I'm saying, what was that plumber's phone number? Man, I'm going to find him. We have no problem paying others and, and, and honoring others who provide us with a service. How much more so should we care for and provide for those who are watching out for our eternal soul, the Bible says, those who are praying for us, those who are laboring amongst us, Those who, in the middle of the night, are woken by the Holy Spirit and told, intercede now on her behalf. Intercede now on his behalf. The Bible challenges us to care for our pastors. And so, pastors, you have a charge as shepherds to care for these sheep in the same way Jesus did. And we know what Jesus did. He laid down his life for his sheep. Congregation, you are charged by the Holy Spirit, to care for your pastors, ensuring that their needs are met and that they are a precious thing in your sight. And let me say this. I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. We look at sin, and we tend to elevate certain sins over others. Sexual immorality, we look at that. It's been popularized. We say, oh, that's so bad, and it is true. But Scripture also talks about gossip. Talks about backbiting. One of the Ten Commandments simply says, do not bear false witness. Gossip can kill a congregation, and I've seen it kill pastors. Don't do it. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. That little tidbit of delicious gossip, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And so don't do it. This is your charge. Care for your pastors so that you can be about the good work God has called you to. You see, a pastor's role and responsibility is simply this. It's listed in Scripture. There's all sorts of things that they're supposed to do. But Scripture says this, that they are supposed to equip the saints for the work of the gospel. Their job is to equip us to go and do what Jesus told us to do. That's their job. Equip us to be participators. Amen? Amen. So, what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask Barry and Megan to come on up here and invite them forward. And could you please welcome them? I said something, and we're going to pray over them, and then they're going to give a word here. I said something, actually, the first Sunday I was here, and you reminded me of this. And if you guys don't remember, when uh, uh, Pastors David and Michelle announced their transition, I had told you how God does amazing things and how I recently had installed an African in a rural, white, Caucasian church. And I thought, man, God does incredible things. I never even imagined installing an African in an American church. Well, Barry reminded me, he's actually from South Africa. So, God still does miraculous and amazing things. And in a few moments, you're going to close us, and you're going to challenge and encourage our congregation. But I would like to invite Pastor Kimberly, as well as our leadership, our councils, would you please come forward? Our council leaders, our pastors. Yes, go ahead, Kurt. Absolutely. Carol, Rachel. Awesome. And uh, Sean and Kelly, are you in the house? I'd like Sean and Kelly to come forward. Yeah, Sean, come on up here. Is Kelly around? Is she with the kids? If she can come, come on up here. And those of you who have served in pastoral leadership, would you guys just gather around? Yeah, let's get you guys out here. And I know Rachel has some oil. I'm going to ask you to give that to Pastor Kimberly. Pastor Kimberly is going to lead us in a time of prayer as well as our council members. And so what I would like to do Yes, girls, let's have the kids come up too. Come on, guys. Let's have you guys stand over here. Come on, girls. As, as Pastor Kimberly said, you know, this is a family affair. This is not just a couple, but it's an entire family. My kids tell stories oftentimes. I've pastored, and my kids tell stories of the hours that they have spent waiting for mom and dad, being patient, they also have to sometimes bear the burdens that most, most young people don't have to, shouldn't have to bear. And so we're going to pray over them as well. So, Pastor Kimberly, wherever, there you are. Here you are.
1: All right. Would you stand with us? And would you also pray? This is a great opportunity to join hearts in prayer. Well, first of all, again, thank you for accepting the call, not of a supervisor or district office, but of the Lord Jesus himself. And I anoint you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I anoint you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father God, what a precious day this is in your sight. For you are building the church, Jesus. And part of you building the church is assigning your shepherds. And so I thank you today. We agree with heaven that Barry and Megan are called, anointed, gifted, and graced to see the plan that is in your heart come to pass in this season. I thank you for greater clarity of vision and purpose than ever before. I thank you for insight and heavenly strategies to penetrate darkness in this community. Lord, I also ask that you open the windows of heaven in greater realms over this congregation so that everything they need to fulfill your plan would be provided. I pray your protection over Barry and over Megan, over their marriage. May they become even more one than ever before. May they learn to function in strengths and weaknesses. May they see a fulfillment of the covenant that they've made, not only in their marriage relationship, but even and the giftings that you have given to them. And Lord, for this family, for these children, I thank you that you have a plan for their lives. And part of your plan in developing them is to bring them here so that you can do a work in their hearts as well. So I pray protection over them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you bring the friends that they need, that you bring everything that they would need in this season, not to maintain, but to soar. I thank you for the gifts and the calling in their own lives that you're continuing to develop. Lord, where you need to comfort, comfort. Where you need to give wisdom, give wisdom. And when, where you need to release, release. But we declare the Muluk family, blessed household who serves God all the days of their life. And I thank you for it. I thank you for this congregation and all the leadership. I thank you that even today, Lord, you are speaking afresh and anew. And you are charging hearts to come alongside for the greatest journey ever. And that is seeing lives eternally change. I thank you that every gift here is needed and every gift is necessary and that every gift will be utilized. I thank you for every man and woman and for those that you've called to be a part of this community. They're not here yet. We call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we declare this is a lighthouse among this community. As deep darkness increases and, and comes over the earth, I thank you that your glory shines over this church and calls it to arise and to become a light in darkness. I thank you that people will declare Jesus as Lord in this place. People's bodies will be healed in this place. Marriages will be restored in this place. Callings will be ignited in this place. Men and women will be sent out through the nations from this place. We thank you, Lord, for a good thing. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, and so we thank you. And we establish and we say your kingdom come." And your will be done in this place, in every life, in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And as you're standing, I'm going to ask the leadership team right here and the pastors, would you please extend your hand towards the congregation now? And we will declare, as has been declared for thousands of years, an ancient blessing And let's all agree together, leadership team, as we stretch out our hands towards this congregation. We say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We declare this. We speak blessing in the name of Jesus Christ over New Community Church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. As you're being seated, I get to do one last thing. Um, one of my favorite things is, is as a pastor is to get to do weddings. Because I get the vantage point. I got the best seat in the house. And probably the pinnacle of the time is when I get to say, and now I present Mr. and Mrs. Whomever. I get to do that, and I'm thrilled to do that. So today, I get to present to you your new pastors, Pastors Barry and Megan Mulock.
2: Ah, oh, wow. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to take your seats for a minute. Wow. I, uh, we discovered early in our marriage I, I'm the one who cries more easily. Um, <laughs> but this has been the quickest and longest eight weeks of my life. Um, you know, Just eight weeks ago, Pastor Kelly had called uh that friday afternoon and and friends are uh, around us have been asking does it always happen this quickly now i know that for for our church family here it's been since since the end of september that you've known that there's been a transition um and so we're all at different places in the midst of this but but really the last the last eight weeks have taken forever have just taken forever and uh been riding on the, the forefront of a wave of, of, I could feel the emotion, but it's been somehow with, held back a little bit, but this morning it's, it's here. Um, Megan wanted to share for a minute.
3: I just want to say thank you so much for the warm welcome you've given us. Um, when I was a young uh, student at Life Bible College, I came and I was so excited to be um, a Christian and go to a Bible college, and I came to a church called Breakthrough 20 years ago, Um, Little did I know that I'd be coming back 20 years later to come to a community and to come where many of you have been here before and been here years before, and that we're able to come back and be in this community at this church. It's just Mm -hmm. awesome to see how God had ordained that for us. Our family is very excited um, about this new adventure in Glendora. Mm -hmm. And as we come every week, we come and pray over it and look through the houses and Where are we gonna live? And so that's exciting for us. Drive through the schools to say, oh, we're gonna go to that school, we're gonna go to that school. Uh, My son's already looked at all the football for Glendora High School, so (laughs) where he can be next year. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, baby.
2: You know, we live in Southern California. One of the, the benefits of living here is we have Disneyland in our backyard. And uh, I remember the first time I came to Disneyland we'd actually traveled from South Africa with uh with our family. In fact, my I'm glad to have my parents and my sisters here and my cousin. Thank you. See, there it is. <laughs> I remember I was eight years old, actually at my eighth birthday at Disneyland. And uh you know it's it's an overwhelming thing the first time you go, right? you walk up to those gates and you walk through the turnstile and you know there's so much and then you have to decide where you go first right and it's a bit of a dilemma because you know you have limited time so you don't want to spend too much time thinking about it but you want to get going and then of course you go to space mountain first because it's the best ride in the park um, <laughs> I feel a little bit like that I feel like I've walked through the gates of Disneyland and there's so much that God has for this congregation and for this community and for our family. And, and really, the challenge before us is, where do, we, where do we start? Because there's so much. We've had a great time meeting with Tom and Deb and Kurt and Rachel. And thank you so much, you guys, for your faithful leadership for this congregation. You guys are awesome We've got to hang out with them. We've had staff meetings already. We're, we're having lunches together. We've been in their homes, and, and we already seeing God knitting our hearts together. I'm so thankful for them, the other leaders in the church, that I'm still getting to know you, and we've got a lot of names to learn, and we look forward to getting to know every single one of you. God has so much. Like Megan said 20 years ago, she was a part of this church plant called Breakthrough. Little did she know, did I know, that we'd be back. I showed up at Life Bible College just over 21 years ago, thinking my life was going to go a certain way. Proverbs 16:9 says, right, it's in, in, his, in his heart a man plans his, his steps or, but it's, or plans his way, makes his plan." But it's the Lord who ordains or establishes His steps. And how many of you have experienced that in your life? You saw, I didn't expect it to go that way, but I'm thankful it it's gone the way that it has. I was I was on my way to becoming an engineer or a pilot um, or a fireman. Um, <laughs> wasn't quite sure. <laughs> But it was at a church in Olympia, Washington, Foursquare Church, first Foursquare Church I had attended. A friend of mine said, hey, I know you're not quite sure about what's next for you. Why do not you come to Bible college? And I thought, you're out of your mind. Grown up in a Christian home, loved the Lord, but it was at a season in my life where I was ready to do my own thing, and God said, no, I've got something else. And I remember driving from Olympia all the way down to, to San Dimas, driving onto the campus and setting foot on the campus at Life, And unlike so many of my friends at the time who'd received the call to ministry at junior high camp, it came for me once I arrived at Bible College, set foot on that campus, and could take you to the spot where the Lord said, this is what I've called you to. I've set you apart for this work. I'm overwhelmed because it's been an amazing journey. And I'm so excited because God's not done with me, and he's not done with you. Here's what I know jesus christ loves his bride he loves his church and that he calls us as his church to do the work of the ministry and i'm so thankful to be a part of a church family a four square family that i i believe is is one of the healthiest church families in existence today i'm thankful to pastor kimberly for her leadership in our district. I've got to, to sit and watch and see the things that God is doing in our district as you've had a commitment to health and rebuilding health in our churches and our pastors, and there's going to be such great fruit. Pastor Kelly, for, for being a great friend and walking with us through this season, we have amazing leadership for Pastor Glenn and Tammy and those that lead our denomination. But here's what I know, that God uses his church to reach the world. He doesn't use uh, district offices. He doesn't use administrative offices in downtown L.A. They're a part of of the process. They're part of the support. But it's you. It's the local congregation that God is saying, you are the hope of the world because I've put in you the gospel message. And as Pastor Kelly and, and Pastor Kimberly have both shared out of Ephesians 4, It's my job and the the job of our, our leadership and our pastors here at this church to equip you for the works of service. Inside of the church, sure, we need it here. Everything from setting up chairs and tearing down chairs. I love that we meet in a school. And there's a lot of work to be done. But the works of service aren't just for the body. They're for the community. And that we get to take the things that God has put in our hearts. And we get to take it out into our workplaces, into our communities, into our neighborhoods. And we get to be Jesus Christ to people. We get to share the hope that the hopeless need. We get to bring the healing that the broken need. That the spirit of God is on us and in us. That his Holy Spirit is empowering us to go. So, church, especially for those of you that call new community home, we've got a lot of visitors today, some friends that are here uh, to, to just support us, and I'm so thankful for you're here. But I want to speak specifically to our new community family. If you call this church home, we've got, we've got a job to do, there's a new season. We're going to build on the foundations that have been established by Pastor Dave Metzger, Pastor David Turner, love both of those men dearly, know them well, excited for what they've done, and we're excited to look ahead and say, God, do a new work. You've got new things. There's people that need to be reached. We'll figure out the details as we go. There's lots of meetings to be had, and I'll tell you this, I'm a huge relationship guy, If I had the choice to sit in my office by myself and work on my computer or be at Starbucks having a cup of coffee with someone, I will be at Starbucks every time. In fact, I might still be at Starbucks even with my computer. So um, we want to get to know you. Our family wants to get to know you. We know there's a lot of questions and a lot of things to get figured out. And our staff, we're already talking about the the ins and outs and the workings and all of that stuff. And, and I tell you what, we've got, we've got time to work that out, but we want to get to know you. We want to know your heart. We want to learn your names. And then we want to do life and ministry together with you. And we count it an incredible privilege. I know Jesus loves his bride, and so I take very seriously the responsibility to be an under-shepherd. Count it a privilege to be here. Count it an incredible privilege to lead this, this flock, this congregation. And I'm thankful for you. I want to ask you to stand. Sean is going to come and play. Wow. I'm just having a moment. The <laughs> oh. Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom and there's wholeness and that there's healing and that there's peace and I want to invite you this morning I want to shift gears a little bit this is a different service because of of what we're doing here with the installation of Megan and myself but I believe with all my heart that when we gather and I don't just believe it I know because the word says that when two or three are gathered in his name that he's there that Jesus Christ is in our midst and when Jesus is here lives are transformed where the spirit of god is his spirit is here that there are things that god wants to minister to this morning and so we're going to shift gears i want to invite you if there's anything in your life that you need someone to partner in prayer with that you want to say lord i'm tired of fighting that battle lord i'm tired of experiencing this pain whether physically or emotionally if there's anything if you need breakthrough in your finances our prayer team is going to come forward right now And I invite you to come, to to ask for prayer, to allow someone to partner with you and to declare, yes, we want to see breakthrough in your life. We want to see God do amazing things. As you've watched this morning, as you've heard the words that have been spoken, the songs that we're saying, maybe God was stirring your heart. Maybe there's a point in your life where you're realizing, I've been a spectator more than than a participant in what God is, is, is calling me to. I would invite you to come and pray with one of these prayer team members. I'm praying that we need some more people to come up and stand with you because because we're praying for breakthrough in our lives. We serve a big God who does big things. He doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Amen. And so any of those things, or even if I didn't mention maybe an area of need in your life, we want to partner with you in prayer and trust God for great things. But... I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father God, I thank you for this church family. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of a congregation. Lord, for for two decades who have served you and reached the city of Glendora, Co- Covina, Azusa, Laverne, and all the surrounding areas. God, and we declaring in the mighty name of Jesus that it's for such a time as this that you have this church in this place. Lord, we think about the hundreds of young men and women, the boys and girls who come to school and sit in this very auditorium Lord, the representatives of this community that come to this school, Lord, the, the young ambassadors of this neighborhood, we pray a blessing over them. Lord, I pray that even tomorrow as they come to school, Lord, that even these young ones who are so sensitive to your spirit would recognize there's something about this place. What is it about this place? And Lord, just even the the remnant of, of what's left here after we fold up the chairs and leave, Lord, that it would bring healing and peace in this place. God, I pray that the continued impact of this church would have ripple effects, that it would go out all throughout Glendora. Lord, that we would see the lost saved. Lord, those who are hurting, bound up and healed. Lord, those who are walking in bondage, freed. Lord, I pray a blessing over this congregation. I pray for increase. Increase of resource, increase, Lord, of provision, increase of relationship, increase of favor. Father God, pour out your spirit upon new community, Foursquare Church, and we look forward to all that you will continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would like to come have someone partner with you in prayer, you can do that right now. And here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. I guarantee you're sitting around someone you don't know. Find out their name. Introduce yourself. You might say, I'm shy. Doesn't matter. We're in the house of the Lord. This is a safe place. Say hi. Meet meet a new friend this morning. And be blessed as you go this week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Amen.